Good morning, everyone. Ooh. That sounds kind of hot. <laughs> turn, turn me down just a little bit back there, Larry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. We're glad that you're here. It's uh, good to share this time of fellowship and worship with you, and we welcome you all. We welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, we are glad that you're here, and you're very important to us. We're glad that you're a part of our family to, to, uh, today as we share this time together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out. Just give us whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us, and uh, uh, we would appreciate that. Also, go ahead and take your phone and check in on social media and let everybody know that you're here today. And uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, we had a, uh, a wonderful fall festival on, that was Thursday, wasn't it? On Thursday. We had a wonderful fall festival on Thursday. Um, Man, I tell you what, the, the cold weather outside, they drove, it drove everybody inside. I, I think we had somewhere between three and 400 kids here that night. And uh, so thank you. Thank you uh, uh, to Lana. Thank you to Kim and Teresa and to everybody else that had a part in making this a, a successful fall festival. It was another, another good one that we can put in the books and check it off. It was a great day. So thank you for all your hard work. Uh, next Sunday... Our youth and children will be having a, a skating party at 2 o'clock, and so put that on your calendar. If, and uh, if you are a, a youth or a child or if you know one or if you just feel like one, then, uh, <laughs> then you can come and be a part of that. Also coming up in December, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary in December. Uh, our church was founded on December the 11th, 1994, and so we are celebrating 25 years in December, and we're kind of, kind of, kind of dragging along all through December, uh, with a special emphasis, a, a little special pointed emphasis every week of, of worship services in December. Um, but we would like for you to provide some pictures and videos, anything historical regarding this church. If you could uh, provide that and bring it to the church, be sure you have your name on it so we can get it back to you. Uh, we would, we would appreciate that. Um, also. You'll notice in your bulletin about our Wednesday evening programs. They are they will normally go normally or as they normally would, except for the fact that Phyllis is sick, and so the grief and loss uh, program we will not be having that this week. Uh, we hope to resume that next week. Um, uh, and let's pray for for Phyllis. She's she's just had a hard times. So let's keep her in our prayers as well. Uh, one other thing I'd like to call your to your attention. Our Community Thanksgiving service. It is decent. It is uh, November, isn't it? So if we're thinking about Thanksgiving. Our community Thanksgiving service uh, will be on November the 24th. That's Sunday before Thanksgiving, and this year it will be at First Christian Church at seven o'clock. So go ahead and put that on your calendar. And as we always do, we have a community fellowship afterwards where we eat pie. And uh, so we need a couple of pies. Each church is. Uh, uh, committed to providing a couple of pies, so if you can provide a pie for the fellowship, let me know and uh, and we'll take care of them. One more thing before we uh, before we go uh, get into our service and greeting today, uh, we are having our deacon 
election today. I hope you received a ballot if when you came in. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> and if you need some pencils, they're on the floor over here. <laughs> And we, and we have some extra ballots. If, if you did not receive a ballot when you came in, uh, if you don't have a ballot, could you raise your hand so we could get a ballot to you? Or if you need a pencil, um, please raise your hand. Um, take the ballot and go ahead and circle five names. Do not circle anything more than five. If you circle more than five, the ballot will be invalidated. Uh, but circle up to five names on the, on the ballot. Go ahead and do that now. We're going to go ahead and take them up in just a few moments. Uh, so we'll just take a take a moment to take care of that. Okay, are we ready to take take those up? Are we ready to, to get those now? If you would, uh, when you finish with them, pass them towards the inside aisle, and um, and we'll pick them up on the inside aisle. Anybody have have me? Thanks. Okay, do we have everything everything now? Good. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that, and uh, we will let you know the results of that as soon as we can get everything tallied and, and, uh, and everybody contacted. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Oh, 
I know. How you doing, Gary? Good, good. That sounds good. thank you for the gift of Jesus. He walked among us embodying your life-giving word in his body, in his life, his words, his deeds, his sufferings, his death, and his resurrection. When we see him loving the outcast, forgiving the sinner, confronting the hypocrite, and teaching the crowds a new way of life, we see your heart, your compassion, your mercy, and your character. Help us, O oh Lord, to be among your disciples who come to you to be taught. Help us to be among the poor in spirit, to see and to know that your kingdom is our homeland even now. Help us to be among those who mourn to join you in your sadness for all that is wrong in this world. Help us to be among the meek who find strength in following your every direction. Help us, Lord, to desire justice and rightness and goodness and fairness and integrity more than, a, than we hunger for food or thirst for water. Help us to be among the merciful. Help us to be a true friend to those who are hated, misunderstood, rejected, excluded, or disregarded, just as you are. Help us to be among the pure in heart. Remove from our hearts everything that keeps us from seeing you. Help us to be among the peacemakers. Many build walls and sow fear. Many spread rumors. Many fan the flames of conflict and profit from it. 
Help us to be, even among them, an agent of your peace and reconciliation. Help us to not be afraid to be among the persecuted, but rather to rejoice in having the honor of standing for your restorative justice and rightness. Help us, Lord, to be among your disciples who come to you to be taught. We are limping, broken sinners, far from all of these realities. But this is where we want to go. In your mercy, lead us in your path. Amen.
we got a bunch of us this morning. Like, we're like the most popular group in this whole room. And guess what? Every single person in this room is looking at us, and they're wishing they were us. <laughs> I know that's the truth, because I'm wishing I was you every single week. Anyway, I'm really, really glad that you're here. So thanks for coming. So I have three questions for you. And I really, really need your help. Can you help me with these three questions? You promise? Pinky promise? Okay, pinky promise. That's good. Okay, first question. Would you rather be happy or sad? Happy? Me too. I'd rather be happy too. Okay, second question. It gets a little bit tougher, okay? So I don't know that we know this exactly, so we have to think what we believe is probably possible. But do you think God would rather be happy or sad? Do you think God would rather be happy? I think you're right. Okay, last question. Question number three. Do you think, so we, we want to be happy and we think God wants to be happy. Do you think God wants us to be happy or sad? Probably happy. And we're sad sometimes too and, and, and God made sadness and so that's okay. But I think God would probably want us to be happy too. So here's a little secret. The secret, and, and you can't tell the people around us, it's just between us, okay? The secret is that, that God made us. Did you know that God made us? I mean, our parents kind of made us too, but God helped our parents make us. Um, so God made us, and not only did God make us, He made God made all the really, really great things about us. So God made us to be smart, and God made us to be strong, and God made us to be kind people, and God made us that we could take care of animals and each other. And so God made us. And so I have a thought. And my thought is that if we want to be happy and God wants us to be happy and maybe even God wants to be happy God's self, that maybe God would want us to be the very, very, very best people we could be. So let's think about what that might look like for a second. All right, I need everybody to stand up with me, okay? Can you all stand up? Okay, and I want you, now don't do it until we until I say go, but I want you to jump, but I don't want you to jump very high. I just kind of want you to just like jump a little bit, okay? So let's just do a little jump a little bit on three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, so here's the question. Do you think God made you to be able to jump bigger than that? Do you think that when you jump, God would want you to jump as high as you could possibly jump? I think probably. So let's now jump the way that God might want us to jump. And we've got to jump big. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Now that was a good, that was a good making God happy jump. Okay, so next, next example. How about we give each other five, but we just kind of give each other like some limp-wristed fives, okay? So, yeah, that's right, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, right there, right there, lay it on me, sister, right there, mm-hmm, yeah, right there, mm-hmm, yeah, kind of wimpy, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so, but if God gave us all these talents and abilities, and God wants us to use them the very best we can be, so that maybe it'll help us be happy, and for sure it'd make God happy, what kind of fives are we going to give each other? All right, start giving them to each other, guys. Oh, yeah, that was sweet right there. Mm-hmm. Lay it on me, brother. Right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, those are great. Good job. Good job. Okay, you sit down again. Okay, so one other thing to think about. Yes, sir. Thank you. Me too. Okay, so who's going to school tomorrow? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of going to school tomorrow. I'll have to learn something at work every day. So 
so we all might go to school tomorrow. So when we go to school tomorrow, we're going to either learn about reading better or learn about math or learn about history or learn about science. And so when we're at school tomorrow and we're trying to be happy and we're trying to use the abilities God gave us to make God happy, what should we probably do at school when we're learning? We should probably give our very, very, very best with all those talents and abilities God gave us, right? I agree. So when we're at school tomorrow or we're at home tomorrow and we're playing with friends, how how should we treat those friends? Any ideas? Yes, sir. We should treat them really, really well. That's exactly right. Yes, ma'am. We should treat them how we want to be treated, too. That's exactly right. Yes, sir. We should not take others' toys. That's exactly right. Because God wants us to use the, our abilities to the very, very, very best we can. And if we use all those talents and abilities that God gave us, God's probably going to be happy. And it'll help us be happy, too. So I want us to pray. And when we pray, I'm going to say a line, and then I want you to say it after me, okay? And even the big people in the back of the room, if they want to say it, they're free to also. But this is just between us, okay? Okay, you ready? Dear God... Thank you for today. Thank you for giving us great talents and abilities. And this week, help us to be the very best we can be, just like you created us. Amen. Have an awesome week.
pray with me. Father God, we come to you today giving you thanks. We thank you for yet another day that you've given us, Lord, to be able to come into your house and study your word, Lord, and come to your house, Lord, to worship you. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to give back a portion of what you've given us, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would clear our minds of the daily distractions and help us to be able to focus on your word. And we'll just give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5, 1-12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled.
fulfilled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Our message in song this morning is a simple children's song, because sometimes children's songs say things the sweetest, most simplest way and can really express an idea. And we want to share this children's song with you, because when you have something in your life that's happy, you usually want to share it with other people. So we will sing our Happiness is the Lord first, and then we invite you to sing it with us. Thank you. 
Pancho's happy today. <laughs> I hope we all all are happy today. You look happy. Are you happy? It must have been that extra hour of sleep you got last night. You know, we asked a question, is, any, is there anybody in the world who is truly happy? There was a, a Peanuts cartoon years ago in which Lucy asked Charlie Brown that question, if he had ever known anybody who was truly happy. And before she could ever even finish her, her sentence, Snoopy, that precocious beagle, came dancing on tiptoe into the frame. His nose was held high, and he was dancing and hopping around across two frames of the comic strip. And, and finally, in the last frame, Lucy finished her sentence. Have you ever known anybody who was truly happy and still in their right mind. <laughs> Some years ago, the editors of Psychology Today magazine sent questionnaires to, to 52,000 subscribers in an effort to determine what makes people happy. And one subscriber wrote back and asked to see the results of the survey. He said, I think I'm happy. Would you please verify? <laughs> Samuel Johnson once wrote a story titled Rasselis, in which the main character, an Abyssinian prince, lived high up on a mountaintop in peace and luxury, but also in seclusion. And he found he became dissatisfied with his walled-in existence, and he finally ventured out into the world to search for people who were truly happy. But to his surprise, he discovered that no such person existed. And so he returned, disillusioned, to his home in Abyssinia. And so we ask again, is there anybody who is truly happy? We certainly know that there are a lot of people who are unhappy. Here in the United States, 70 people take their own lives every day. And another 1,000 attempt it. That's 365,000 people every year who are so unhappy that they would attempt to end their existence. And the suicide rate is increasing the fastest among young people. Nearly 300% among those aged 15 to 24 in the last, tw in the last 20 years. Is there anyone who is truly happy? Well, our scripture lesson for today is that portion of the Sermon on the Mount that we know of as the Beatitudes. Most of us grew up knowing the Beatitudes as blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, etc., etc. But some modern translators of the New Testament translate the Beatitudes like this. Happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are the meek. Happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That says to me that if Jesus intended these teachings to be avenues to happiness, then we need to know about them, don't we? We need to understand them. We need to make them our own. But the problem is that they seem to be completely out of touch with what we normally think about when we think about happiness. Happy are the merciful, 
Happy are the pure in heart. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Jesus seems to be going out of his way to, in, to, to turn our entire system of values upside down. What does it mean, happy are the poor in spirit? We don't want to be poor in anything, do we? Except maybe poor in trouble. Happy are those who mourn. That sounds contradictory. Happy are the meek. Just when I signed up for a sort of training. <laughs> Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness. Well, maybe so, but they're not going to be very popular. Happy are the merciful. Not me. I want revenge. Happy are the pure in heart. How can anybody have a pure, be pure in heart in this day and age? Happy are the peacemakers. Jesus never sat across the table from the Russians and the Iranians and the Syrians or that jerk at work. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Who wants to be persecuted for anything? What's Jesus trying to tell us about the nature of happiness here? Well, first of all, we need to notice that happiness does not consist in the pursuit of pleasure. Folks, I hate to tell you this, but those preachers on TV that proclaim a gospel of prosperity are dead wrong. They are wrong. Happiness does not depend on who you are or what you have. There was an ad several years ago in USA Today for BMW automobiles, and the ad began by saying, needless to say, you can't buy happiness. But for a mere two ninety nine a month, you can lease exhilaration. <laughs> Simply visit your authorized BMW dealer before September 30th and lease a new BMW 325. But here's what caught my eye. Because after extolling the virtues of the BMW, the ad concludes by saying, for a program of spiritual expansion on easy monthly terms... We reckon, recommend you visit a BMW dealer. Wow! What a promise for a car company to make. Did you know that driving a BMW is a program of spiritual expansion? And on easy monthly terms? Father Louis Everly, a noted Belgian theologian and priest and writer, says that so many people never find happiness because they don't know where to look for it. Too many people make the mistake of seeking one more material thing, one more pay raise, one more promotion, one more problem solved, one more handicap overcome. If I only had that one more thing, they say, I would be happy. And they learned too late that happiness does not come from the outside, but from within. And that's the first thing that we need to see when we look at the Beatitudes. Happiness does not come with the pursuit of pleasure. On the flip side of that, 
Happiness is also not found in the avoidance of pain. This truth may be a little more subtle, but it's just as important. Because you see, many people live with the philosophy of no pain, no gain. You've heard that before. But others live with the attitude of no pain, no pain. We don't like pain, do we? When LeBaron Briggs was the academic dean at Harvard University, a graduate student came to his office to explain why he failed to complete his master's thesis on time, and the student told him, I haven't been feeling very well lately. And Dean Briggs replied, young man, I think it's time you realize that most of the work done in this world are done by people who don't feel very well. Many of us will do anything in our power to go through life avoiding any situation that that is potentially uncomfortable or unpleasant. My guess is that this is why many church members never invite anyone to visit their church, because it makes them uncomfortable to offer that invitation, even though it may change somebody's life. Many spouses will never stand up to an overbearing or even abusive husband or wife because they don't want to rock the boat. Many people fail in business because they they can't make themselves pick up the telephone and straighten out a bad situation. Some of us will go to extraordinary lengths not to offend anyone. We don't want any unpleasantness in our life. We want everybody to like us. We all do. And we will sacrifice even our own self-respect and our witness for Jesus Christ in order not to ruffle anybody's feathers. And then we come to these words of Christ. Happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. Folks, Jesus is not talking about people who are deliberately obnoxious. He is not saying that we need to be a jerk in our dealings with other people so that other people will not like us. That's not what he's trying to say at all. He's talking about people who realize that if you have a choice to make between being liked and being respected, you choose respect. You stand up for what's right, even though you may lose friends because of it. And if you do this, you stand taller in your own eyes and in the eyes of your neighbors and in the eyes of God every time. So happiness is neither in the pursuit of pleasure nor is it in the avoidance of pain. So where is this happiness to be found? Well, first of all, I believe that happiness is found... In a purposeful life. You see, in in these simple sayings of Jesus about blessedness or happiness, I believe that Jesus is giving us a picture of a very special kind of person. They're humble, obedient to God. That's what the word meekness really means. Somebody that's obedient to God. They are people who know what it is like to face adversity. But they're also peacemakers. 
They are people whose words and actions so threaten the established order of things that they are persecuted. They are, they are not the, pi, the passive pious. Rather, they are the completely committed. And I believe that Jesus would want us to know that a person with that sense of purpose about their lives knows what, it, what is at the very root of true happiness. Norman Cousins, in his book titled Anatomy of an Illness, tells about meeting the great cellist Pablo Casals for the first time, just before Casals' uh, 90th birthday. He was fascinated by Don Pablo's daily routine. Judging from his difficult, difficulty in walking and from the way he, he held his arms, cousin, Cousins guessed that Casals was suffering from rheumatoid arthritis. He, w- he was badly stooped and his, his head was pitched forward and he walked with a, with a shuffle. His hands were swollen and his fingers were clenched. And yet even before going to the breakfast tables, Casals went to the piano. You see, cello was not his only instrument. He went to the piano, and he arranged himself with some difficulty on the piano bench. And then with discernible effort, he raised his swollen and clenched fingers above the keyboard. Cousin says that he was not prepared for the miracle that he was about to experience. Casal's fingers slowly unlocked and reached towards the keys like the buds of a plant towards the sunlight. His back straightened. He seemed to breathe more freely. His fingers settled on the keys, and from them came the opening bars of a number from Bach. And then he plunged into a Brahms concerto. His fingers raced across the keyboard with dazzling speed, reported Cousins. His entire body seemed fused with the music. It was no longer, he was no longer stiff and shrunken, but supple and graceful. And when he finished the piece, Don Pablo stood up by himself, far straighter and taller than when he had first come into the room. He walked to the breakfast table with no trace of a shuffle, ate heartily, and went for a walk on the beach. He was a different man than the one who first sat down at that piano. He was transformed by the power of a mighty purpose. And folks, let me tell you something. When we have a great purpose in our lives, our lives, our whole being, is transformed. So that's the first conclusion about happiness which we can derive from these teachings of Jesus. Happiness is found in giving ourselves to a high and noble purpose. Second thing we can take from this is that happiness is found in being people-oriented. And I know that that is hard for some people. Some people are more introverted than others. Some people feel more comfortable with themselves than they do with others. And indeed, such terms as meekness and merciful and pure in heart, they suggest a a willingness to subordinate our desires to the well-being of others. 
But please don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that, that all of us need to stand on a soapbox on the street corners and proclaim loudly whatever we're trying to proclaim. And I'm not saying that we need to, need to do anything we can to draw attention to ourselves. Nor am I saying that we need to become a doormat for others to trample on. But there was a time when Christians used to believe that the word joy was spelled J, Jesus first, O, other second, and Y, yourself last. But somehow in these modern times that order seems to have been reversed, haven't they? Some of you may remember the cartoon strip, Kathy. You remember Kathy? If you do, you're showing your age. (laughs) Kathy was the brainchild of cartoonist Kathy Geiswhite. Kathy was a a single young woman struggling with what she called the, the four guilt groups. Men, food, mom, and work. In one of her strips, there was a conversation between Kathy and her friend Andrea. And Kathy says, when I was little, I put my my own needs first, and everyone said that I was being selfish and inconsiderate. And now everyone says, I'm supposed to put my own needs first. Andrea says, that's right, Kathy, putting your own needs first is one of the most important things you can do to maintain your self-respect. And so Kathy looks very sad and asks, how can I have any self-respect if I'm being selfish and inconsiderate? You know what? She's right. Maybe looking out for what, number one, is the key to success in our modern world, but it is not the key to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ has been rightfully called a man for others. And and if we can't become men and women for others like Jesus, then we have no hope of extending our influence for Christ's kingdom into our community. And besides, that that little Barbara Streisand tune from the musical Funny Girl is right. It's correct. People who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Studies show that people like that live longer and live healthier and live happier than than anyone else. And so happiness is living a purposeful life. And happiness is living a, a life for others. And then finally, happiness is to be found in a passion for God. The great evangelist, missionary, writer, E. Stanley Jones, counted himself as being one of the happiest people in the world. He once wrote, I gasp in surprise and wonder. Life is working and working with rhythm and joy. How did it all happen? I asked myself that question as I sat in a hotel room in Alaska, writing. I looked up and I saw myself in a mirror and I said to myself, Stanley Jones, you're a very happy man, aren't you? And I replied, yes, I am. And then the vital question, how did you get to be this way? 
and my reply? I don't know. It is all a surprise to me, a growing surprise. I walked across a field one day and I stubbed my toe against the edge of a treasure chest jutting out of the earth. It's treasure, I cried. And I ran off and I sold all I had, including myself, and bought that field. And I've been hugging myself ever since. Since I had the good sense to do it. The treasure that he refers to, of course, was E. Stanley Jones' commitment to Jesus Christ. My friends, if you find a, a humble person with a pure heart and a purpose for living, with a love for others and a commitment to God, then chances are you're going to find a happy person. Even though that person may have suffered unimaginable ills, he or she will have a peace and a confidence that nothing in this world can defeat. So do you want to be happy? Yeah, I think you do. Do you want to be really happy? There's the formula. It's not found in pursuing pleasure or avoiding pain. It is found in having something great to live for. It is found in loving others. And it is found in putting God first in your life. Happy are you when you make these teachings of Christ the mainstay of your life. Be happy. Amen. Let's think about what we're being happy for. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus.
call to help and bring your kingdom into this world by allowing your kingdom ways into our lives. Hear our pleas today, O oh God. We want to be your disciples. We want to learn from you how to live our lives. Make us your blessed children. Make us happy and allow us to be sources of happiness for others. Amen. Amen.